Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Plexi, and we have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to be talking about Queen of Katowice. We'll also be talking about Beauty and the Beast with the 25th anniversary, paying Mr. Maggetti and Miss Pettigreen, the upcoming film. Right now, with Clayton, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the new film, Queen of Katowice, or Katowice. Uh, Clayton, thank you for being on the show. He's 15 from New York. Uh, so, um, Clayton, tell us about the film. Um, the film is about a poor, uneducated girl from Uganda who becomes a world chess champion in her journey of like of triumph and how she becomes an amazing chess champion. Okay, so um, we have an all-star cast in here. We have Lupita. I always want to... I, I adore her, but I could just never pronounce her name. Nuango. 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 And David Othello. Really great actors in here. And also, it's a film about chess. I don't know why. Whenever we see a film like Searching for Bobby Fischer or other films like that, it's just films about chess I just adore. So um, tell us about the acting in this film. I think the acting, like, it has great acting with, like, wide emotional range. And Lupita Nyong'o does a great job portraying the protective mother. And David, is it David Othello? Yeah, David Othello also did a great job as the chess coach. And also, I shouldn't neglect to mention that the young girl who plays Fiona did a terrific job throughout the entire film. Fantastic. So tell us about a moment in the film where you really felt the, the raw emotion of one of the actors. It could be any of them. It could be Othello. It could be um, Lupita. Like, what was like a defining like, moment of performance that you really captured you? That really captured me. Probably when she... Well, at the first part, the first tournament that they all went to, and all the kids were like a little freaked out and worried because they were at this like rich private school and they were playing all these like really good, like rich kids. And they were like three times as tall as they were and like a lot older than they were. And they actually ended up beating most of them. And after they beat them, they did like a celebratory uh, dance and like handshake. It was really. Cool, and I really love that. Hmm. Interesting. Now, um, also, this film you mentioned is about chess and everything. So, um, I, a lot of people, I think chess, the game, gets a bad rap. I grew up playing chess, and I think it's an amazing... I think I, I believe it as a sport because you use the most important muscle, in my opinion, the brain. So, how does this film capture the game, pretty much? It shows you how to actually play the game and how it was taught in Uganda and to these kids. Yes, but like, how does this film, because you know, like, there's a lot of sports movies out there, like yeah. baseball, like there's films uh, like 42 where they capture the spirit of baseball or like football game, uh, like Blindside, they capture the spirit of football. How does this film um, use this sport of chess and what's the heart of the game pretty much? In the film, like, how is, how, is this, how is the game of chess portrayed and how does it bring the characters close to their goals there? She works, like, 
crazy. And she could like, it's how she like gets out of sort of, of the slums. If she works her, like works her hardest and keeps beating and beating people, she could probably get great education and actually become someone if she stays with chess. Hmm. Now, what would you say is your, is the message of this film? The message of the film, I think, is uh, through hard work and talent, you can achieve anything. Even though it's in Africa, it is like the American dream. I find it interesting because I feel like I'm not the biggest sports fan. I'm not. I'm just going to put it out there. But I don't know why, but films that capture a game such as chess or baseball, football, and be able to connect it to a person's goal or dream. It just personally touches me. And I, what's sad is about this film is I didn't hear too much about it. There's not a lot of advertisement for this film. And I'm glad that we're covering it because it sounds like that it needs more attention. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And today we're talking about the films Miss Pedigree, School for Peculiar Children. We're going to be talking about, um, continue talking about Korean Academy and also Paying Mr. McGetty and the Beauty and the Beast 25th anniversary. We're going to be continuing talking to Clayton, who's 15 in New York, about Queen of Academy. So, as I mentioned before, that this film has not been getting a lot of, uh, from what I've seen, a lot of advertisement. What is the, what do you think, what do you think, makes this film worth watching? Like, if you can think of any, like, the, the best quality of this film that people need to go see the film for. Probably, like, the emotionalness. It is so emotional, and I feel like it makes you feel grateful for where you live. Like, I sort of felt really emotional and sorry for everyone, but it also made me feel sort of not really better, but more well-off as a human being and not like I can't be really selfish or like anything. I feel like I can't really be selfish anymore. You know, I mentioned on the show countless times and I always quote it because I think it's my favorite, my favorite quote of him. It's Roger E, but he says that um, empathy is the most important quality of civilization. And I would totally agree. And films in particular bring out people's empathy and a film's not. I don't think. I don't think a film is good unless you empathize or feel for the character in some way. And it sounds like this film is fueled by that. By that, as you said, emotion and that feeling of gratefulness. Because it sounds like the character. Again, I haven't seen the film, and I would like to go see it. Uh, it sounds like that this film really does capture that struggle and that rise to success. So, uh, what would you say is your favorite scene in the film? My favorite scene is actually um, at the end during the credits. I think it was like the one of the best parts. Like the entire movie was amazing, but the best part I feel like is at the end they show all the real people. Uh, they show the actors who portrayed the real people and the like actual true life story people come on and they like shake hands and they say hi to each other and they put their names next to each of them and I felt that was very heartwarming and really nice. Certainly. I love it when a movie does this, especially when it's based off a true story where they show the actor with the person it's based off of because you can just see how either how close they resemble each other or it's just like 
uh, I, is it was it was it pictures of them shaking hands or was it an actual like a um, footage of them meeting each other? It was actually footage. They actually like in real life they met each other. See, that also brings like a whole connection of like um, the real the real person is based off of. It just shows that how much they connected with the real life person. So they make sure they tell their story um, with honor and respect. And so that's, that's, that's fantastic. That's wonderful that they're able to do that. Uh, so what would you say is the cinemat- uh, how the cinematography of this film is? I feel like it was great sig- uh, cinematography. It's not one of those like crazy superhero cinematography, but it has great cinematography and um, the way they, uh, all the, I feel like the camera angles were amazing. Like the views that they added into it were just perfect. Um, I'm going to ask you to elaborate a little bit on that. So, um, how did the camera angles like affect the film? I feel like it got you like to feel Africa more and like get into that sort of community mm-hmm. of like Uganda and everything. Invest you into the culture and to in, into the geography of the world. Yeah. Uh, of, of the film. Fascinating. I love, I love being able to watch those kind of films where you'd be able to be invested into a different world. So, well, something different from ours that we are, uh, that most audiences aren't used to seeing. So what would you say overall is uh, the age range for this film? Um, I think it is 12 to 18 because of the like great poverty and the emotional toll it takes on the family. Well, fantastic. Oh, well, how many stars would you give this film overall? I would give this film five out of five stars because I feel like it, overall it was an amazing film and I feel like it's in my uh, top 20 films. Top 20 films? Really that good? Yeah. Of the year or just overall? I feel like overall. Wow, huge impact for that. Well, always be able to nice it's always nice to broaden your library of film knowledge and to always see different films and I'm glad that this film really affects you in that way. That's good. Well thank you very much, Clayton, for talking about Queen of Cataway. Thank you. Uh, this film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. It sounds like it's by Clayton's review, it sounds like it's an amazing film and you really need to go see it. Uh, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Beauty and the Beast 25th Anniversary. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello, welcome back. I'm your host, Keepa Blakesley, and this is Kids First Coming Attractions. We are, we are going to continue the show by talking about films like Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children and the 25th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast, This show is act, is, which the show is sponsored by. Right now, I'm talking with Morgan. We're going to be talking about one of the films she saw at the Burbank International Film Festival called Paying Mr. McGetty. Thank you very much, Morgan, for being on the show. Well, thank you so much. And really quickly, I would like to announce that this week it was our amazing executive producer's birthday. So, happy birthday, Randy! It was. Your kids' first crew. Definitely. Almost forgot to mention that. Yes, Randy, happy birthday. She's the, she is the person that brings puts the show together, and she is the one who created Kids First. And so we thank you very much, and we wish you a happy birthday, Miss Randy. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it up. I totally forgot to mention that. How dare I? I'll stop myself on the on the rest for that. Anyway, continuing on with the show, we're going to be talking about paying Mr. McGetty. So, um, Morgan, tell us about it. It's basically about this guy named Tyrell, who's played by R. Marcus Taylor, who is an absolute sweetheart. I have had the pleasure of meeting him. And it's kind of like how he gets caught with this girl who's, like, somebody's girlfriend. And that guy gets kind of angry, so he decides to, like, get a bunch of people who are going to kick his butt and make sure to, like, really hurt him and stuff. And it's really funny because it's, like, he has no idea what Peggy's done. He's lost $15,000. He's like, what just happened? And, like, all this bad luck is happening to him out of nowhere, and he has no idea what he's done. And to add on to that, he's busy doing his job, while at the same time his girlfriend is calling him every hour on the hour, asking him where the rent money is. So it's one of those worst days of, of your life kind of movies. Like, everything that you can think goes wrong, goes wrong. Yeah, he can't remember last night, but today is going to be the day that he's never going to forget. That's why we don't drink, kids. That's not a good thing. Don't do that. Uh, one Another film to show you that drinking is not fun. So... Tell us about the, this is obviously a comedy, I'm assuming, right? It's an action comedy, as many of the directors, as well as producers, and the cast has mentioned, so, and they were actually um, put in an award category for that, and they were nominated. Really? Wonderful. They were, put, they were nominated at the International Burbank Festival? Yes, as well as um, 
Best Actor for the amazing Don Wilson, whose um, real nickname is The Dragon, who in this film plays Shada uh, Kabu, and R. Marcus T uh, Taylor, who plays Tyrell in the film. Interesting. And, uh, he actually won to R. Marcus Taylor, so congrats. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations. So, um... Tell us about you, um, before we get into, like, more into the film, tell us about your interviews, because you got to meet the cast and directors, so tell us about that. Oh my gosh, the interviews were just spectacular. I got to meet some incredible people who all were simply fantastic, including some Michael Bart Baumgarten, who wrote this film, as well as directed it, and he did a terrific job. And I also got to meet Cheryl Wheeler-Sanders, who did a magnificent job as well. And I also got to meet Robert Goldman. And that's just to name a few, to tell you the truth. I also got to meet wow. R. Marcus Taylor, who plays Tyrell. And I also got to see Alyssa Schneider, who was played Cecilia, and she was just amazing. Uh, she was actually there for every day of the film festival, so I got to see her every day, and I was like, hey! And her and, her and I like, just became best friends by the end of it, honestly. Oh, that's sweet. That's wonderful. So what kind of things did, um, did you get to um, ask them any questions about the, the film? Well, I asked them what their experience was like, of course, and... They said that they all really loved it because a couple of them had worked together before a lot of times. And I actually heard that they like to pick people that they've worked with before so that way they can continue working with them and grow their bond. And so that way they don't have to, like, they already know each other. So they're like, oh, we're good friends, you know, and they will want to work for each other. See, that's what's great about film because that's why a lot of directors work with actors Many actors like Tim Burton, as you met, as Tim Burton, for example, always was a giant depth because they know each other. They're practically brothers. They've worked with each other so many times that you, if you like to work with somebody, a lot of directors just want to keep working with them because they know their technique and they know how to work with them. So uh, tell us a bit about the, which is fantastic. You get to meet them. It's so cool to meet people from the film. So tell us a bit about what was your, what was your favorite scene in the film? My personal favorite scene is probably when. I'd have to say Don Wilson, a.k.a. the dragon, um, Shotokaba in this film, is hiding in Tyrell's van, and then Tyrell opens the door to his van, and he pops out, but, and then there's, like, a bunch of guys who, like, kind of tell him, uh, Shotokaba to leave him alone, and, like, to fight them instead, so it's really funny, because there's, like, this epic battle scene where... Like, it's just really funny with karate, and they're all fighting between them. And then, like, at the end, all the guys who try to defend uh, Tyrell just run their butts off. And they're like, we're scared of you! And it was just hilarious. Uh, uh, that like, sounds absolutely hilarious. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and we're going to be talking about the films Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children and also the 25th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast, which this show is sponsored by. We're going to continue talking about to Morgan about paying Mr. McGetty. Now, Morgan, I was um, continue your, your you were talking about your favorite scene. Yes, um, it was also really funny because the dragon just knocked him to the ground, and even though it was like four against one, it's not a fair fight, but it was just hilarious. Sounds like it can be a pretty funny movie, so what would you say is the, what made this film particularly enjoyable to you besides the comedy, because the, and well, since it's an action comedy, because this is a, um, and, um, especially at film festivals, a lot of films, if uh, festivals just don't get as much attention as they should, and there's some hidden gems in there. So what made this one particularly special? 
Oh, no, this is actually a full-length feature film, which was really cool. And they showed a, a bunch of them as well. And it was, even though it was at the Burbank International Film Festival, it was really funny and quirky and, and action-packed as well. And I loved it because not only do we have a comedy, um, we also have a mystery and action. And we also got to hear a bit of music, which was kind of cool. And the action part was, of course, the karate and them fighting um, with the martial arts. And then the mystery is kind of like Tyrell and you kind of have no idea what's going on. So you, like, don't even figure out why he's getting, um, why he's having the worst day of his life until, like, the end. And then you're like, whoa, it all makes sense. So it was, like, so cool. And I really love films that do that because you're like, wow, that's just, that's a, a bam ending, which was really, um, really fun to watch. A uh, bang ending. I never heard that tune before, but that sounds like it's it's it ends on a bang, which is fantastic. So, what would you say is with this film the funniest thing in the whole entire film? Oh my gosh! Probably the fact that Tyrell is having such a bad day and he has no idea why, because he's like totally clueless. He's like, I have no idea what happened. I'm just like, he's just totally freaking out, and I think it's really funny the way that he reacts to all this. And it was just um, really funny that they had the record um, producers, and he is a record producer, and he's, like, trying to figure out the songs uh, to find his record, plus his girlfriend's calling him every hour. He's trying to deliver uh, uh, dry, clean clothes, and he's, like, trying to do all this stuff, and he's like, ah, and it's just, like, a total mess because... These guys are after him, and he's like, I have no idea why they're after me. What the heck's going on? So it kind of kept you on the edge of your seat because you're like, why the heck is this happening to you? You're an absolute sweetheart. And he is. Him and I are actually totally best friends. I am probably going to go to his house someday, meet his family, and maybe be adopted. We have the same facial features. That's why. Wow. You, you connected with the actors that much? My word. Yes, I did. And I'm also thinking about going home to with Cecilia. So we, uh, we already agreed it's going to be three payments of $1,000. Oh, my word. Okay, then. Well, by the end of the film, not only did you get, a, get to see a good film, but you also created a family, which is fantastic. Yes, and I love all the movies, and the film festival was just fantastic. And I loved this film, and it was just uh, really great because... It seemed like it was something that a student would make, but it was, like, so cool the way that they did it. Because you're like, wow, it's such an interesting, funny story that's quirky. And it was just really amazing the way they put it all together. Well, that's what's great about film is that we're able to, because of these film festivals and because of nowadays of technology, anybody really could make a movie. Now, the question is, can you make a good movie? That's the question. But phones... The people, uh, those accessories to put lenses on your phones. People can buy camcorders now. People can get lights and camera equipment. There's so many tutorials and classes. I mean, film has become so accessible that a lot of people can make movies. And it's films like this that show that that if you have the right crew, the right cast, and, and enough talent, you can create a film. You can create a film. So thank you very much, Morgan, for talking about paying Mr. McGetty. Thank you so much. And I would say that the appropriate age range for this is probably 13 through 18 and up. There's um, just um, some inappropriate humor for younger kids. And other than that, it's great for older kids. And yes, adults as well. They will love it. And I give this four and a half out of five dry, clean stars. Well, just look up Paying Miss McGetty and maybe you can find more information out there. 
Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by the 25th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking to Morgan about paying Miss McGetty, and we just, and we also talked about Queen of Cuddly. Right now, we're going to be talking to Jerry from Southern California, which is burning up right now, and we're also going to be talking about the 25th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast. Jerry, thanks for being on the show as always. It's a pleasure talking to you. It is always great talking to you, especially about fantastic films. Yes, especially. Now, um, hopefully this is one of them because we have Miss Peregrine's um, Home for Peculiar Children, which is another Tim Burton film. So let's just get out of the way. Overall thoughts, Jerry? Absolutely spectacular. Honestly, I don't think I have seen a film that is this great. What I really like about this film is that I'm not much of a magical film type of fan, but I absolutely love this film and everything that it contains. Of course, one of the best parts about it was the special effects. What I really love what they did is that a few uh, different creatures that they created via special effects actually kind of looked like it was made via stop motion, kind of had that little stutter that stop motion has, which I really thought was a great idea. The acting's absolutely phenomenal. The story is fantastic. It is complex. It is long, but also very entertaining. And overall, just adds up to be a great and entertaining film, but definitely not suited for children. Now, I have a love-hate relationship with this f- upcoming film. Now, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not making any prejudgments. But 
I love Tim Burton. I am his, I'm a huge fan of Tim Burton. But sadly, I felt like he's been declining a little bit in about his script choices. Now, Big Eyes, which is his last film, was amazing. But his last films have been uh, remakes and, uh, oh, uh, sorry, what he calls reimaginings and um, um, based off true stories. And Miss Peregrine is another one. It's based off a book. Uh, so going back into this whole remake and reboot thing, uh, Jerry, I heard, I, I think you said that you were not the biggest Tim Burton fan. You know, I'm, I, I, re- it's not just for Tim Burton. I just really don't like magical movies in general. And this is definitely a movie that focuses more on magical stuff, even though ironically they do give a scientific explore- explanation of why everything's happening in this film, which I thought was interesting, but still it can easily be considered a magical film. It can be, and I'm not saying that I don't want Tim Burton to make a film like this. I'm I'm so happy he made this film because it just it's right up his alley. It's the peculiar, and it's making them the protagonist and the ones you feel for. That's what that's what Tim Burton does a great job of making these the weird and wacky the people you empathize with. So uh, I really am. I'm still excited about this film. Very excited. I, again, I still want to see Tim Burton go back to his original roots, which is original content like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands, but who knows what the future will hold. But with this film, tell us a little bit more about the characters and their peculiarity. Well, there's a lot of different characters that have magical powers. Some magical powers are really, really cool. Other magical powers could be simply annoying and even horrifying. So one of probably the main people you're going to see who has magical powers that are horrifying is Baron played by the absolutely fantastic Samuel L. Jackson. And I like what I like about Baron is that he has a very kind of interesting style. He's very calm and he is easily ignored, but very hardly angered because he is the villain in this film. A lot of bad stuff happens to him, but he stays extremely calm, kind of almost icy calm, which is very creepy and very cool. And Baron, I'm not going to spoil it, and I really don't want to talk about it in deep detail because it is somewhat gory. Of course. But Baron has kind of this curse on him to try to stop, because he tries to stop immortality. And because of that, he is a supervillain kind of trying to attack magical kids, and that is kind of what this film is all about. Interesting. Now, uh, I have a, a lot of friends who read the book, and they are so excited for this film because of its, again, as I mentioned before, wacky nature. And you mentioned style, and again, this is this is kind of like a, it's it's going back to that kind of style that Tim Burton is used to, and it's not like his usual like all black and white kind of thing. It's 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 kind of colorful, but it's kind of a mixture of like toned down color palettes mixed in with a lot of um uh the beauty. The most colorful aspect of the whole film is usually when they're in, from what I've seen for the trailers, is when they're in the peculiar world, which is usually what Tim Burton does. Uh, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And today we were just talking about paying Mr. McGetty, a queen of Katowice, and we're going to be t- also talking about Beauty and the Beast, the 25th anniversary. And also the show is sponsored by that DVD. We're going to continue talking to Jerry from Southern California about Miss Peregrine's school, uh, home for peculiar children. I don't know why I want to stay school. It's just got from school. That's probably why. Anyway. So, Jerry, tell us about, uh, as I mentioned before, the style of this film, because Tim Burton has really a specific style. It's it's very interesting, and I like the way it is, because it is uh, like a normal film. It is a lot like 
any other film, but it, it just has something feel unique, and I think it is because Tim Burns touch on it. It has more of a classical tone, it has more of a classical feel, and it has more of a magical sense, too. Because, like I said, even though there are villains, they aren't like the horrible villains or something like Star Wars or something like that. They are these kind of classical, more interesting type of villains that probably have this dark and really weird backstory to them. And if you look at it, at it from a certain angle, the bad guys aren't actually the bad guys, and they're trying to get day-to-day like everybody else, which is interesting. And I kind of want to talk about the color. Like you said, you mentioned the color palette. There's a couple of scenes specifically that I absolutely love just because of the color, of how colorful it is, and in some cases just of how specific colors they chose. Like there's a scene mm-hmm. where they legitimately launch a cruise from the bottom of the ocean, and the colors in that scene, even though it's nighttime, it's mostly blue and black, it's still beautiful, it's still detailed, and the colors make it kind of burst alive. Fascinating. And, and again, just those kind of touches that I love, uh, for the reason why I love Tim Burton, I'm very excited to see this film. So also, we got we can't talk about this film about the actors, because this such an all-star cast. We got Eva, Eva Green, we got Asa Butterfield, we got Samuel Jackson, as mentioned before, even... Dame Judy Dench. So, tell us about the acting. Oh, they all did fantastic. I think Samuel Jackson was Jackson most my favorite role. But Eva Green also did great. She plays Miss Alma LaFaye Peregrine, longest name ever. But I kind of liked her character because her character in the movie, it's pretty much like she is more of this type of kind of magical person who has a lot associated with time. She can permanently stop time in a certain area and for certain people, which means that it kind of can sustain like a time bubble for peculiar children, which is extremely useful. And that means that she can pretty much predict what happens. Also, she's extraordinarily smart with the people and their actions, which means she can easily predict what people are going to do. And that's what I really like about her character is that she was always predicting what's happening. And she was never surprised, which was kind of creepy but cool at the same time. Interesting. I love Eva Green, and she just looks the part. And when I first saw the trailer, I'm just like, yeah, she's Miss Peregrine. She's just... She's her. And I also find it interesting this film, since it was based on a book, the book was supposed to be like this really dark uh, young adult novel, but it ended up being a little more quirkier. So um, tell us a bit about the darker aspects in this film, because even though it yeah. seems lighthearted, it, get, it, it can get dark. And that's so tell us, tell us about that. I wouldn't call it young adult, but I wouldn't call it quirky either, because there are yeah. some very dark scenes and the monsters themselves are extremely dark and they don't censor anything. Like they get they blast how gory and how disgusting these monsters are right in your face. And what's even kind of scary is that these monsters, I, I I'm not gonna say this with hundred percent certain, but I feel like they are based off some sort of some sort of internet type of monsters because uh the monsters in this film look at their images, they remind you a lot of different type of internet monsters that were created from internet stories. Which I think was an interesting perk, but I also like that perk because everybody, if they use the internet, they either read a story, watched a video of some sort of scary monster. And the monsters in this film are a lot like those monsters created on the internet, which I thought was a great idea, but also makes it ever more terrifying because of how realistic they look. And also, like I said, they don't hide anything. They blast all the goriness, disgustingness, and hardness in your face. See, some people would be like, 
turned off by that. I'd be like, oh, maybe not. I want to see it. But I, if you're like me, I just, I'm like, yes, give it to me. Let me get, let me see all this, the, the, the kind of gory, the kind of, um, well, I want to see the word gory. Is it really, because it is more of a, it is a, it's kind of, it can be pointed towards young teens and maybe some younger children. Or am I wrong? You know, younger children, if there's any parents watching this, do not take younger children to this film. Absolutely not. They all, they will have nightmares for the rest of their lives. This is not a film meant for younger children. I thought when I was coming, this was going to be a sweet, nice film. I didn't really do that much research, but it it is definitely the opposite of that. It is mm. good for teens. I think it is good for teens and adults, but definitely not younger children. Good thing I caught on that, because from from what I saw, I could have been maybe some kids could enjoy that too. But I'm guessing not. Thank you for clearing that up. And uh, I, overall, how many stars would you give this film? I would definitely give it five out five stars because even though it's not meant for children, it's just not meant for children, and it is perfect for its audience. It's meant for I would say maybe twelve, thirteen to eighteen because. It's perfect for that audience. The acting is great. Everybody did their roles perfectly. Special effects is absolutely beautiful. From the simplest little bits of special effects to the giant scenes that are nothing but special effects, each and every single one was filled with detail. Tim Burton, I have to say, he he did an absolutely outstanding job on this film. Well, I'm incredibly excited to see it. I uh, Right after this show, I'm just going to go get my movie ticket right now and go check it out. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for talking about Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. It's always been a pleasure. Thanks for letting me talk about it. This movie is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Let's take a break. This show was sponsored by Beauty and the Beast 25th Anniversary DVD. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com.
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Welcome back. I'm your host, Kiefer C. Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just got done talking about Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, and we also, we also talked about paying Mr. McGarry and Queen of Cataway. We're going to be ending this show with the 25th, talking about the 25th anniversary of Tale as Old as Time, Beauty and the Beast, Disney's Masterpiece, and who's going to be talking about it? Well, we have Morgan from Southern California. Thank you for being on the show again, Morgan. So let's get right into it. What does this? You you saw this? You saw this film? I, I don't know anybody who hasn't seen Beauty and the Beast. It's such a classic. But uh, you saw this on the 25th anniversary um, DVD collection. If I, am I right? Yes, you are, sir. So, um, if you can tell us, but before we get into the film, of course, uh, what does this DVD uh, provide? This DVD provides some amazing features. Um, you know how they have the amazing, spectacular music, and it just makes you want to sing right along with them. Well, lucky for you, they have three different versions. Um, they have the original that was shown in theaters when it first came out. A sing-along so you can be in the film in your own special way and just sing out with them. And the special edition, which is, that's just amazing. And also, they include many bonus features, like 25 fun facts about the film, the reading sessions so you can be there with the cast and the crew, interviews, and so much more interesting and fun things to watch and do. And they even had... um an interview with one of the people who did some of the music for this terrific film. Absolutely jam-packed with some fantastic features. That's why I love collecting DVDs. I have, I, I pride myself in my DVD collection, and I love getting them because of the special features. I love watching the gag reels. I love watching the behind the scenes. It's my favorite thing about getting a movie, especially one I particularly enjoy. And Disney has done a great job archiving a lot of the behind the scenes of their films. Little Mermaid, um, Jungle Book, uh, Aladdin. I mean, they were able to archive and be able to show a lot of way, uh, ways of making the film. And it's just fantastic. And Beauty and the Beast is uh, the one for the collection. So um, let's get into the film. Do I really need to ask if this film holds up? I think it does, but let's see what you think. Do you still think this film holds up? Yes, honestly. <laughs> it's just... It's a masterpiece. You've got to think about it. It's a masterpiece. Disney was going bankrupt at the time, and then they came out with this uh, fantastic film, as well as The Little Mermaid, and the next thing you know, they really got pet back up on their feet, and they're coming up with more great films, and they're still with us today. So it was just, it's incredible the way that they were able to do that, because this is a wonderful film that could seem like it's in the theaters today. And even though most kids who are like into their iPhones and everything are going to be like, oh, the graphics are hand-drawn. It's like, that takes forever to do. And that's just, that's the beauty of it, really. Yeah, and it's uh, funny you mentioned that, that during this time in like the uh, the the 80s, um, Disney was not doing very well financially. They weren't coming out with a lot of big films. Uh, but then Little Mermaid came out. Then Beauty and the Beast. What's better than the, what? What came after Beauty and the Beast? The Lion King, highest grossing animated film since well, till Frozen came out. So I mean, they just it was just like one after another, hit after hit, and Beauty and the Beast happened to be one of them. So 
I, I don't know. I, every time I watch this film, I just find a new love for it. Whether it's it was the music, then it became the animation, then it became the romance. I mean, it's just like... It's also... I feel like it breaks a lot of the tropes for Disney because, especially with the romance, it's not just love at first sight. We don't know how long the uh, the Beast and Belle have been together. It's It could be months. It could even be years. But it just... You could see this kind of like this unknown period of time that they fall in love with each other. And it's just, it's so beautiful. So um, let's talk about that, actually. Let's talk about the connection between the characters and the romance. The romance is incredible because think about it. Most, um, most films that Disney has done about princesses aren't really about the romance between the two characters. Like, it's always mm-hmm. like, we know they're in love. We know they're destined to be together. But you never really think about, like, what the romance was really like or their connection or bond. So you're always like, oh, they just instantly fell in love. Well, this one tells the truth of relationships. Sometimes, like, you don't really feel so sure about this person. And then over time, you fall in love with them. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, they're, we're destined to be together. Definitely. And, I, and also, it's interesting because the, the antagonist is Gaston, who you would think would be, like, the person who would get with Belle, and even he thinks that. So I feel like it was it was ahead of its, uh, well, at least ahead of Disney's time because of that. And also, they, the experimentation of um, computer um, computer animation was used for this film. So it's just like so many. It's just every aspect of this film is darn near perfect. You listen to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And we are going to be finishing the show. We're talking about the 25th anniversary of Beauty and Beast, which is show sponsored by. I also talked about Queen of Cataway, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, and Paying Mr. Maggetti. We're going to continue talking to Morgan about Beauty and the Beast. So, Morgan, this film's music is some of the most iconic songs in Disney. So, tell us about... Uh, what is your favorite song in the film? Oh my gosh. Um, mm-hmm. I think about that. I love all of them. But I think my uh, favorite song, besides Be Our Guest, is probably the beginning song where everybody's like uh, saying bonjour, bonjour to Belle. And yeah, exactly. And she's walking through the town and like they're all like, she's such an odd girl and everything because it explains her character perfectly. And if you notice really closely that when she's like going through the town, she bumps into the sheep. She basically explains the story of Beauty and the Beast in just a couple of sentences, which is amazing. And other than that one, I'd say that it's probably when Mrs. Potts and um, Angela Lansbury, uh, the oh, mother yeah. of Chip, the adorable Bradley, uh, Bradley Pierce, the adorable mother of to go together, of course. Um, when she's singing her song where they're both at the ballroom and she's, uh, and it just took her one take, one take. Yeah. How can you do that? It's simply perfection. Angela Lansbury. What do you think? He's, uh, she's amazing. And that, by the way, that is one of the facts that they give us in the 25 facts. They would took one take. Yeah, yep. it's, it's, it's incredible. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, I don't know if this DVD has it, but there's a deleted scene that I've, I looked up on the internet that's my favorite song because, I don't know, I just I just love the, uh, it's almost like Be Our Guest, but on a larger scale. It's called, it's a deleted song called um, When We're Human Again. And that wasn't in the original theatrical release. It's the, it's with um, 
Cogsworth and um, Pierre and all the the inanimate objects talk about what um, getting excited because they when they become human and talking about what they're going to do and everything. It's just like this whole grand. Um, the house, the the big mansion and castle lights up of uh, lights up of life. It's just it's a great scene. I wish they put it in the film, but I can understand why they they gotta cut out some good parts in it just so they can continue the story. So, uh, what would you say about since this is twenty fifth anniversary? What are your thoughts on the live action remake coming out? I'm excited for it. I am very excited to see the live action remake happen. But at the same time, I do think that they sh shouldn't really remake classic films. I don't. Because it's just, like, really, they, if they named it something else, that would probably be better. But I am pretty much excited for its arrival to see what it's going to be like. So I'm like, eh. I'm hoping that I get to review it, though, so that would be, like, totally awesome. Yeah. And, it, um, and it's coming out um, in 2017. And it's going to be fantastic, and mm -hmm. it just sounds like it's going to be great. And also, there's yeah. going to be Harry Potter and so much more. So it's it's um, with Hermione, who's from yeah, Harry Emma Potter. Watson, definitely. Yeah, I think she's perfect you. for the character. Yeah, who just graduated college not too long ago, so I'm really happy for her. Yeah, well, I think this is going to be interesting, because I think it's the first live-action remake that's one of Disney's, like, really iconic films. I mean, Cinderella was one, but Beauty Disney made Beauty and the Beast a thing. I mean, people knew about the Cinderella story, but Beauty and the Beast was Disney's, like, one, the, one of the masterpieces. So I think it's the first live-action remake where they're actually going to... I'm kind of, I'm actually really genuinely concerned because they're, they're remaking a master, one of their own masterpieces. So only time would tell. Thank you very much, Morgan, for talking about this film. Or what would you say your age range and how many stars should you give this? Like I need that. I was going to say, don't forget about that. Um, the perfect age range for this is probably 5 through 18. Kids will absolutely love the magic and the fun characters and the storyline. And the adults and the older kids will love to see the film again or see a wonderful film for the first time. And it's a tale that's old as time, honestly. Uh, so you got to think about that. They would probably just love it. And... You can never be too old for Disney, to tell you the truth. And I think that uh, yeah. that there's a just a bit of violence because Gaston Richard White has just a bit of a perilous death, and the Beast uh, Robbie Benson can be just a bit too scary for really younger children. But other than this, it's probably a perfect uh, film for the entire family, to tell you the truth. And I would give this yeah. a five out of five, Enchanting Red Roses. Fantastic. Well, I would agree with you. It can get dark at some points, but I feel like kids can handle it. That's what Disney's great at. So, thank you very much, Morgan, for talking about the film. Thank you very much for being our guest on Kids First Coming Attractions. To check out more coverage on red carpet events, interviews, DVD releases, and coverage of new films, go check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our YouTube page, Kids First at the YouTube. Um, check out our reviews there. Also, Please be sure to check out our blogs. Me and many of the other Kids First film critics do some great talk, talk about some great topics about film. Um, Willie just talked about something about um, how to blog about acting. So please go check those out. I'm your host, Keeper Blake Sleep. Thank you for listening. And this show was sponsored by the 25th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast. Thank you again 
for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. We'll be right back. 